are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Sometimes I forget to unmute myself. (laughs) (laughs) Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I get so into it, and then I'm like, I'm prepping what I'm going to say, and I've got myself muted while we do the intro stuff, and then uh, I forget to hit the button. Uh, I just get to start the show with a very flat, you're mute. (laughs) You're you're muted. Maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe I won't. Maybe it's just more fun for the audience (laughs) to see how the the soup is made, how the... What is the analogy I was thinking of in the Yeah, no, how the soup's made, how the sausage is made. Sausage. That's what it is. That's sausage. what it is. The so- new start with an S. A sausage. Yeah. Welcome sausage back to soup. the soup. Welcome back to the show. I'm Tom. This is Lotus. You guys know the deal. Whoa. Um I've I'm fighting a cold and my brain is not working great. And we're talking about four other Daedric creatures. We're continuing through the list. And I hope you are into these episodes. We're having a lot of fun going through all the different Daedra. And uh, we got some new ones for you this week. This will probably be a little bit shorter of an episode. These are kind of smaller topics, all four of these. Plus, I don't know how long I'm going to last in order to get this episode out, but we didn't mind (laughs) if to skip another one. And we've got like Thanksgiving coming up next week, which is the night that we normally record. So we're going to try and figure out if we can get another another episode out for that. Figure something out next week. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the behind the scenes stuff. Lotus, welcome back to the show. I yeah. I know you're a fan of Hermaeus Mora. We've got two of Hermaeus Mora's uh, Daedra on this episode. I'm excited to Indeed. get into this. Yeah, man. So uh, here, why don't we just like kick this off? Um, I know right. you've been so before we actually before we kick this off, we just talked about the endless archives on the last episode, and since right. then it is launched for console. I know you've sure has. Uh, you've been playing. I suppose. Uh, so I haven't had too much time to play. I got to finally get my hands on it. I'm not going to lie to you. After uh, we finish recording, I'm going to watch Thursday Night Football and actually just play Endless Archive until I probably go to bed. <laughs> that's a good idea. Putting on like football in the background while you yes. play. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a good that's, idea. Uh, that's my plan for after the live recording of this. Um, but I really like it. And if you are interested in sort of like a streamlined version of seeing all of the crap we keep talking about with these monsters yeah that that'll do it for you because the swath of enemies that are in that that are thrown at you in all sorts of weird order um and dragons that yeet you off the platform i've seen that happen to a number of people um very interesting it's also very accessible um for the first couple of uh arcs and waves and stuff like that and um in general uh, one thing that i've really found amusing a lot of people have been either messaging me or i've seen it in a couple other videos and stuff like that people like this actually has like a decent amount of hidden lore in it and i'm like it sure does that's what we were that's what we were just talking about that this isn't just like a hey here's an arena it doesn't have a story there's actually like some really cool like 
in-universe explanations for the stuff and it it kind of it's it's neat the way it unfolds while you're doing it discovering secrets and stuff like that in the archive itself i'm i'm really i really enjoy this uh addition to the game it's it's a lot of fun yeah yeah it's very cool so uh, that's part of hermaeus mora's realm of oblivion and the first creature that we have this week is also part of hermaeus mora's realm of oblivion the knower's eye these little these little guys they look like little orbs little black gooey orbs with green light that come out of them and as we usually do i'm going to be quoting from the uesp our good buddies over at the uesp who do such a good job organizing a lot of the details about all of these games into a cohesive uh wiki of stuff yes yeah so So you can actually find all of this information Right, right. So go check it out if you want more details. But here, let me I'm going to start reading. Of course, Lotus is going to chime in with some thoughts. We're going to talk about this one. Mm -hmm. The Knower's Eye, also known as the Watchful Lights and Eyes of Mora, are Daedric minions of Hermaeus Mora native to Apocrypha, taking the form of massive floating green orbs resembling eyes. They possess the ability to captivate those who gaze upon them, much like Lotus of Doom. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't actually say that. Um, I'm going to edit this and add it into the USB. Um, (laughs) uh, Diverting the attention of nearby foes and diminishing their combat capabilities. At times, they are observed patrolling landmarks in Apocrypha and firing green beams at intruders, much like if you are the uh, Arcanist. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say, much like Lotus of Doom. Much like, like, yep, my my special green beam ability. (laughs) Mm, mm, Green beams. I had those for dinner. Um, Oh, wait, that's different. Uh, No, no, that's fine. Just just bulldoze right through it. (laughs) Mm. Uh, individuals who have been granted one of the brief yet powerful blessings referred to as verses from Hermaeus Mora himself can conjure and command the knower's eye in combat up to a certain extent. These blessings are direct bestowals from Hermaeus Mora intended to aid and alter one's exploration of the endless archives, which we talked about last week. This mm-hmm. is so pertinent. It was a good yeah. thing we knocked that out before talking about this. Um, vague references to things that nobody knows knows about from the show yeah i was gonna say we we managed to uh this is you'd think we knew what they were releasing beforehand with the way this is kind of lined up yeah you're alluding to it but we we kind of i mean we we were hinted at we they told us the endless archives were coming back like sure when it was like february want to tell us in advance right we could but we didn't know before that and we also didn't know what it would actually be like to play through it until we actually played through it so uh we didn't actually have any foreknowledge into this yeah um, Again, wait, you know where to reach us, Bethesda, if you'd like to share all this secret information. <laughs> we have all the shows together. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about it for sure. Um, the next section says the eyes of Mora may evoke terror, death and despair for some, but they also serve as vessels for storing information. Dedicated followers of Mora take care of these floating eyes, tending to them like books on a shelf. These eyes are extracted from the countless orbs that comprise comprise Hermaeus Mora's essence. I just get this picture of like these eyes being pulled out of Hermaeus Mora himself, just like just like ooh, ooh. Uh, yep, nice wet sucking sound every time it happens. Um, each eye contains a memory personally witnessed by Hermaeus Mora, reserved as a significant recollection. To access one of these stored memories, one must physically enter the eye, which typically requires a key, a pass phase phrase, not pass phase, pass phrase, or another method of gaining access. Scholars question whether they are sentient beings or mere extensions of Hermaeus Mora. However, they agreed that the presence of consciousness does not always indicate independent will. 
much like Lotus of Doom. <laughs> no, that check doesn't work. Nope, it totally works. <laughs> These entities exhibit controlled movements resembling observation and serve as a source of light within Apocrypha. Uh, these are great. These little floaty eyes that just kind of like move around. What do you think about these guys? Yeah. So again, there's only so much you can kind of say about these things as they're incredibly new to the series for the most part. Um, but I, I don't know. They're really, they're good little collection background things that you can add to make an environment type of deal, as opposed to honestly, when I first saw these, I, wasn't even super aware that they were like alive <laughs> yeah they look like part uh, like, of um like the environment almost like they, these just like little sort of do. moving around lights that just yeah. kind of light stuff up but they it seems like there's actually a lot more to them that they've got yeah some there, sense there's of, more than just being like a little yeah. glowing lava lamp like um <laughs> but yeah they're they're, uh, they're cool obviously i like the aesthetic um of them because i really you know i i the Cthulhu horror thing, I think, fits to the realm of Apocrypha. I think it's a really interesting setting that they have. But um, no, these, these are very amusing to have. Um, I'd kind of like to see them maybe do something more with them going forward because they are super new. Like as in prior to this year, it, they really didn't exist. Uh, yeah. So yeah, as some a, of the stuff that we get with ESO creation. like matches the stuff that we got like in Skyrim when we went to Apocrypha in Skyrim, right? Right. But yeah, this one, like this, doesn't show up in Skyrim. This is kind of a new addition. Yeah, which which is interesting that it didn't like it wasn't in the Dragonborn DLC where you deal with Hermaeus Mora and stuff like that um, because it could have fit there, but maybe it just was like you know when, when you're roaming around Apocrypha, it was a lot more linear when you were in Apocrypha. Right. in skyrim right. proper yeah like the where, flying books and the other stuff there's a bunch exactly. of things they added that kind of yeah, fleshed it out know, a little bit more yeah. we'll we'll get to another one of the creatures actually briefly uh <laughs> that, that that will tie into this but like there are some creatures that you had seen in there but they've expanded upon what you've seen from apocrypha a lot in eso so you get stuff like this where it's like oh the doors eye well okay yeah that logically makes sense that something like this could be floating around especially with all the weird eyes that are floating around in apocrypha anyways and dealing with hermes mora yeah it kind of fills it out too it's kind of fun to be in a zone and have like little things going on whether it's yeah. people walking around like in the clockwork city you've got like the automatons like doing their thing sure and the fabricants out in the wilderness and stuff like right, that right it's kind of nice to have other stuff it makes it makes a region feel alive even if this isn't a person it's some form of intelligence whether it's mora himself or they are off on their own just doing their own things uh, but, but it's nice to have just, you know, that engagement with something else that which is part I mean, of the you get that in overworld Tamriel and stuff like that. But when you get into the Daedric planes too, a lot of times it's not quite as cut and dry what's alive and sentient and what isn't as well. So, I mean, it just kind of fits the vibe, too. Especially when it looks like a little black ball of goo with green yeah. in it and then a little shiny light. Right. Like, and it's glaring at you, you think, because you're terrified of it. But <laughs> is it because it's creeping you out or is it like doing its weird little eye charm thing on you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the second one. This one also from Apocrypha, The Lurker. Yeah, These? this would be the one that I was referring to <laughs> oh. without jumping too far ahead where it's like, yeah, we've this is dates back a little farther than just ESO. Oh, dude. Again, really common in ESO. I love the concept art. I have it up on screen. Just a reminder, if you aren't watching us on YouTube, you can always see these videos on YouTube with some of the art and things. Um, the wow. The this lurker. OK, so 
how would you describe what a lurker looks like to people who are just listening? Uh, so if Swamp Thing was more of a fish. <laughs> fish thing. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know what Swamp Thing is, you're probably a lot younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Swamp Thing. I don't think that's... Um, the, is that a comic book? I don't know. It was a cartoon when I, think I was. It a was kid. a comic book originally. It was a comic yeah. book, a movie, a cartoon. It, they've been a number of Swamp Things. Uh, yeah. Thing, I don't think Swamp things. Thing has been relevant for a really long time. But yeah. look up Swamp Thing and then slap a mackerel on top of it and boom, you have a lurker. Yeah. Creature of the Black Lagoon, I think, would yeah. be another. Yeah. 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 Another. Sure. Like a big yep. fish monster, humanoid yes. fish monster, right? Definitely. Yeah. So here's what the UESP says. Lurkers are large Daedric creatures that come from the murky waters of Apocrypha. They appear as tall fish-like amphibious humanoids with gaping mouths and needle-like teeth described as towering monstrosities. Uh, They have what appears to be thick armor or thick scales lining their lower arms and legs. They serve Hermaeus Mora by guarding forbidden knowledge and are the Apocrypha keepers alongside seekers. As their name may suggest, they lurk beneath the roiling pools of Creatia, called Lurker Summoning Chambers in their master's realm, and may surface if they detect trespassers. Lurkers use their legs to stamp down on trespassers and can attack from afar by spewing powerful dark tendrils from their mouths. Wonderful, right? Yeah, no, it's very wholesome. (laughs) Very wholesome. Additionally, they can spit poisonous bile that looks like black spittle from their mouths, which travels far distances. Their slimy flesh has regenerative regenerative properties. Words are hard, allowing them to heal when they are attacked as well as resist poison. They are known to have aquatic spawn. (laughs) They are rarely seen beyond the plane of Apocrypha, but can manifest on Tamriel through Orange magenta portals. They have this very specific color portal. I was going to say, what a very specific color pattern to the portal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is known to frequently occur when all Maker Stones are cleansed of Mirak's influence. So, speaking of Mirak and Skyrim, this is a creature that dates back to that right. Skyrim expansion. Like, yeah. we, we see those in there. This is from the game Skyrim. Elder Scrolls V was the first time we encountered these lurkers, because I don't think they were ever around prior to that. I've never run into them in any of the games before that, so I, I'm checking now. I'm yeah, almost I'm positive. I'm pretty sure they, they are only Skyrim and yeah, ESO. Skyrim is, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Also, double check that. they're monsters you can find in Skyrim, but you can also see, like, carvings of their heads in some of, like, yes. the tombs and in, in locations. So, the other thing, dating back to a previous creature we dealt with, when we were talked about Grumites with uh, Sheagorath, with their like needly little, I don't know, maw faces, <laughs> but they mm-hmm. kind of rounded, very similar type of facial structure to those things, which I find very unsettling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ESO one is uh, kind of got like a, like, okay, so here, let's look at the concept art. The concept art, big fish guy with like, armor scales right yeah and then there's the skyrim one which is similar but also has more of like a fleshy body underneath the scales then you get to eso and these guys have been working out they've got a little more jacked in eso eight pack abs Hey, wait, yeah. there's got two extras further to the side. What is that? 10, 12, 12 packs? They've got like 12, yeah, sure. 13, yeah, all right. 14, sure, 15, 16, 16 packs, maybe 17, rack of 18, abs. maybe 18 abs on this thing and multiple pectoris muscles or at least ripples in there. They're, these guys, uh, they got a glow up for real. Um, yeah. 
I don't know that they're more attractive. They <laughs> still appear very creepy and gross. Um, the other thing which ESO specifically has for them, as opposed to, I don't believe there was any version of this in Skyrim, was their spawn, like the little baby ones. Yeah. They're, yeah. It's like a slaughterfish and a tadpole just in this horrible night they look like a lot an evil more like tadpole this. Yeah, yeah so they look more like the slaughterfish from the elder scrolls 2 Daggerfall, which i've encountered recently where these things are so completely over the top and it's just like oh my god what is this horrible nightmare eel like oh my god <laughs> nightmare eel yeah yeah they're just like but also a tadpole at the same time like the little tiny but also, tail yeah, but big scary head little tiny tail yeah yeah yeah, super weird. Unpleasant. Um, and I guess the aquatic thing. So one of the things that we associate Hermaeus Mora with are like the old gods and the Cthulhu-esque stuff going on with that. You think right. about Cthulhu, he comes out of the ocean. So water creatures, that's, I think, the connection here to the lurkers looking like big fish people in a sort of a roundabout yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah so they're, yeah they're they're very unsettling and actually one of the things um that uh kelly cap brought up in chat the way that they move is incredibly unsettling they the even crawling. though they're like yeah, they, yeah exactly it, it's mentioned that oh like you know they're humanoid fish things like okay so they're bipedal but they like crawl like horror movie style like the ring the thing coming out of like yeah. the well it's yeah. like that's the way this thing moves around until it engages with you and like stands upright right right yeah pretty creepy and the other thing that we can glom from this is if the worshipers of mirak uh were building i guess structures that looked like their heads in the temples that was during the merithic era these things have been around for a yeah. very long time yeah they're not a new creation no, yeah, they they are um, maybe as old as Hermaeus, Mora, and Apocrypha itself. We will never know for sure, but they are very ancient creatures that have been around a long, long time. So right, right, yeah. So there you go. That's our Apocrypha stuff. We've got two more to get to, but first we have to go thank our patrons. So let's go do that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Hermaeus Mora. Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, this is the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons for supporting the show, for making this possible. Thank you for being here, and welcome to our newest pet patron, Red Devil or Red Evil? I'm not sure. R-E-D-E-V-I-L-387. Thank Why you for signing both? up. Why not both? The Red Devil is evil, so Say, boom, maybe... Done. Done. Yeah, there you go. Uh, thank you for signing up. Welcome to the Patreon. And thank you to all of our current patrons, including our Daedric Princes, Kiracy and Sheogoreth's Sweet Roll. If you sign up at that level, you get shout outs every week. And uh, if you're interested in joining us, getting one of the new T-shirts, actually four of the T-shirts, if you sign up and stick around long enough, every three months you get a new T-shirt or stickers or ad-free episodes or joining us on our patron chat, which is coming up in two weeks on the last day of the month, the 30th of this month we'll be doing our patron chat uh, you still have time to sign up at patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast go check out everything and if you decide to help contribute to the show we would really appreciate it 
Also, Lotus, we got a new review. This one. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is uh, on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a five-star review, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. This one comes from Abby B 17 in the United States, who writes, this one's short and sweet. Love the knowledge and enthusiasm. Love hearing you guys talk about Elder Scrolls. Comfy vibes. Always a nice break from reality. I'm glad. That's awesome. Unless you happen to live in the Elder Scrolls world, in Tamriel or wherever. Yeah, then nothing's comfy and everything is hell. Yeah, so... I guess it's a good thing that we get to have breaks from reality and we get to go there instead of the other way around. So when their break from reality is thinking about our world. That's what I was just thinking. Like, do you think there's an equivalent like Tom and Lotus uh, in the in Elder Scrolls that like tell lore stories about this made up world of Earth with like and they're modern just like, things like oh man imagine being trapped in a loop we record a podcast every week for them that's a nightmare <laughs> can you imagine having to ride around in metal vehicles that burn <laughs> the remnants of dinosaurs that's weird it's so weird um, but thank you for your support thank you for leaving the review and if you'd like to leave a five-star review in the future we'll read it out also you can rate the show on spotify whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on you can share it with your friends all of that stuff all of it helps so thank you for the support we couldn't do it without all of you all right let's move on with the rest of the show you're listening to the elder scrolls lorecast dear child of cities that is why the night mother loves you all right moving on from apocrypha we're talking to talking about uh some of meridia's uh, Daedra. Yeah. Uh, going back to the whole Auroran thing, but not Aurorans. Not Aurorans. Similar. He's got S- like the gold similar, in the but armor. a little more jacked up. Yeah. So here, check this out. These are the Meridian Guards, also referred to as Temple Guardians or simply Guardians. They are servants of Meridia. They take the form of an Auroran suit of armor with two or four arms and blades. So maybe they fill the remnants of what used to be living Aurorans armor pieces? Maybe, or it's just like Aurorans on HGH? Like maybe just, they like I don't know, it powered up to like power level nine thousand? Like Yeah, they say boom, there you go. Yeah. Well, they are very gold. They are very golden, like like a good old Super Saiyan. Um, <laughs> in uh, certain circumstances, the purified may be turned into Meridian Guards, though the nature of transformed Guardians is different from those who are proper Daedra. So it's a little bit weird. They wield powers of ice, lightning, fire, and light and command Aurorans in battle. They are more powerful in the colored rooms and can transport people there against their will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, they don't seem very nice. Uh, they are considered to be of little concern to the Dromora, who don't seem to worry about them, I guess. Um, usually things like that are pulled from like bits of dialogue and quest chains and, and that kind of thing. Uh, there's some history about them. One of the known Meridian guards, Iritan the Lightbringer, protected the Shrine of the Reforge, the Temple of Meridia in Pelotine, found west of Senchal. This is reference to the Elsewhere expansion in ESO. If I'm correct about that. I yes, yes, it, it yes. 
Yeah. So locals claimed that the Guardians served as the sentry for the temple as long as it existed. Khajiit tales spoke of a Meridian cultist growing the temple out of light, but the validity of their stories is questionable, as many Khajiit stories are questionable. (laughs) Uh, The Guardian of the Temple has plagued unwary travelers for a long time. As of the Second Era, 582, so ESO's time frame, the temple was abandoned. Circa... Uh, that same year, the Shields of Senshal tasked adventurers with defeating the Guardian. They were also asked to retrieve the notes of a scholar it killed. Collect temple dust with special properties that can be revealed, that can reveal the past through visions, and retrieve some of the shield's arrows from within the temple. So this is the details of the, the quest line. Um, sure. It, it goes on, it talks a little bit more about an undaunted quest and some of the other yep. things. And and like many of these creatures, you experience them in dungeons and you know, right. that kind I was going to say, you, you experience this by going through the, you know, four-player dungeon stuff. Right, right. So what do you think about these guys? Like two to four arms, lots of weapons. They're kind of floaty. They don't really have legs, but they've got yeah. like the torso armor and helmet. They're almost more living suits of armor than the Aurorans. Like, yeah. And already yeah. the Aurorans are kind of like hollow shells because they don't really have free thought and stuff like that. And this thing is like a less, this thing seems like a less, um, sentient version of that like they they still exist. and yet they still power like they still have control but, over the aurorans right yeah but it's just like yeah they, they're they're one of those things where it's just kind of their direction directive and very little else um which tends to be a theme with meridia's stuff but um yeah they're, they're pretty cool um they almost in some ways they kind of almost look like a type of atronach because there's so many different types of atronachs and when you have like the air atronachs or or the um, storm atronachs they're kind of like these components that are floating held together by whatever the element is and these ones almost like if there was such a thing as like a a sun or a light atronach well meridia's light is it feels like it's meridia's power itself that is kind of exactly but it's like they can have a whole bunch of different uh, elements under their control and stuff like that but it's just like very like similar crossover which almost makes me wonder it's like okay well was this her take on like what she wanted for an atronach because some of them tend to stick with certain danger princes but they kind of they're almost like elemental mercenaries for hire a lot of the time yeah <laughs> maybe yeah maybe she just wanted her own atronach right now there's some other details here um the actual name meridian guardian is kind of a placeholder it's not an official title and we know this because the previous lore master lehman tuttle super awesome dude had had an opportunity to talk with him a few times and very very cool guy um he he used the nickname meridia mincers (laughs) instead of meridian guardian in a conversation that has been documented and uh but that's not actually their name that was just kind of a joke nickname that he came up with but we I guess we don't know what their actual designation is. We just well, call my, them Meridian Guardians. It's very generic. Right. My my guess is, I mean, not that I remember every line of dialogue from these games, but like, I guess I'm not really sure that the game has ever specifically said the name of one of these things. Right. You know I, mean, I mean, it's, it's a title. They were for Meridia and their guardians. So that's what we call them. Right. And the ones that you fight, usually it's the name of it. Yeah. It's not like a generic 
Meridian Guardian, like you, like Dramora Churl, Irritan like the Lightbringer. The, we know the, exactly, but we don't know what name. Irritan is. Right. So it's like <laughs> right, right. It's got. It's like it, there's its name and there's its title. You don't get a direct description. The only thing that I could wonder is. If you looked at the code, what do they show up at? Yeah, that's a good question. That's um, really my only hmm. guess is like, I, I wonder if anybody's thought to do that or if you even can do that because you know, unlike a single player game, you can only data mine so much and it is possible in some ways, but it's like, I wonder if, or is it literally, are they each individualized and it does, is the name there too? Like maybe it's just the same thing. Yeah, I wonder if any of the data miners are listening to the show. If you're if you're a data miner, you're listening to the show and you want to go investigate this yeah, for us. What, what is the code number to one of these things? Because it's actually not documented here from what I can see. So it makes me curious. I want I wonder if they are each of them documented by their own creature? Like like is it named? Or does it have a flat like value? This is super like fourth wall <laughs> breaking thing. Like what what would be the value of the creature? Like, does it have a an actual just assigned value to the creature type yeah that's a good question um i guess well if you know let us know yeah, otherwise if, if anybody is adept at anything <laughs> like that uh or any of the devs that might listen uh have any deep knowledges to uh that they would like to share with us please feel free let us know yeah yeah there's only two we actually know the names of the symphony of blades which was originally king nirlmore yeah. and then irritan the lightbringer those are the two that we know the names those are of. the only two we really you know what though what uh -oh. now it makes me curious uh -huh. i wonder if there's one you can bump into generically in the uh the archives uh, but w won't it have the name though would it, it be well that's the thing would it literally be the boss or might there be a gen i don't know now i'm curious i, don't know. I, th I have a feeling I it will only be the bosses because the bosses right, like will it be yeah like, i don't know it's a good question it, it, but like yeah, yeah. pull specifically one of those two because i mean the mechanics to them are similar but they're not the same between those two bosses right uh because one's a world boss one's a one's a, uh, a dungeon boss right um well if you've run into these mechanics in the endless so. archives let us know um yeah i'm gonna have to keep my eyes peeled for that now anyways just yeah. speculation aside just some a little interesting tangent for that that creature specifically yep all right well let's move on to our last one this one's a very small entry the mind terror these are uh, i'm sure if people don't like spiders then they're not going to enjoy this guy uh, the Mind Terrors, also known as Walking Nightmares, are powerful daedra that serve Vermina. They are said to be made of warped dreams incarnate, some being said to be the dreams of the Daedric Prince made manifest. They have insectoid legs and eyeless skulls. They're only found in ESO. Uh, these, I mean, what's a better description for people who aren't watching the video? Like, so four, four pointy... It's like it, spider it, legs, two human arms. The movie Alien, what are those things called? Xenomorph? Xenomorph, or, yeah. Xenomorph and Slenderman. Xenomorph, Slenderman, spider thing. Yep. Um, <laughs> these things are, are interesting that they don't have more to them, but it's because they are super new to the series. Um, they're, they're these... Essentially, they're not... Even, like uh, Again, they're obviously danger creatures, but they're... Essentially, when you encounter them, you encounter them at Apocrypha, which at first thing thought you'd be like, okay, well, they're Hermaeus Moras, but they're not, like we said, they're Vermina. Mm -hmm. So, like, the interesting thing about these is they're, they're so new and they kind of seem misplaced when you first encounter them. Right, right. So, it, it, I'm wondering if we will get more on these later, 
but these things are just like super new to the series they're just very unsettling they have that very strange animation um which you get in horror movies a lot of times where it's like it will move really creepy but then it quickly moves along and it's almost like it goes so fast it does that stutter thing where it's almost like frames are missing yeah Um, yeah they use that in like the witcher tv show where like a creepy thing will all of a sudden like glitch out almost and then all of a sudden it moves more quickly than what you would expect and it's just like oh god why are you over there now yeah right you get a lot of that with these things (laughs) um Mm -hmm. they're they're, again they're very unfluid movement it's a very herky-jerky type of thing um with the way they move they're very spindly you actually fight a decent amount of them throughout apocrypha um and actually on the telvani peninsula itself but like there's semi-smaller ones and then the mainly they seem very large like that yeah, the legs smaller are, ones are pretty decently sized and yeah. then they get really big yeah the legs are real long and spindly and uh yeah. the, like even the skull part like it's a head it's kind of a slightly elongated head with a big jaw and then big horns that come out yeah the yeah. um the only thing i'll say about this because we've kind of made reference to this a couple times going through some of these things some of these creatures seem like they're a little more constructed for the purpose of an mmo style enemy Right. And it, to try to just describe, it, yeah, you, you kind of like there's different ways enemies react sometimes. And MMOs, you need a lot more just fodder <laughs> to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like these things would actually be really cool in one of the single player games. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I, I remember. Yeah. Remember when we, we did the episode a few episodes ago about how the next Elder Scrolls game needs to be M rated. Can you imagine yeah. coming across one of these things and right. like the limbs breaking at the joints if you're swinging your sword? Sure, and, and then it like still it, keeps it, it, coming for you, even right, but it's like limping say, along. It's mobility by trying to cut yeah. off parts of it. It's like um, and it's Vermina, uh, like so space. maybe it's like spewing out like filth or like poison or something out of Honestly, the limbs. Now, now that I I said that in a reference to breaking parts off it, this seems like a dead space enemy. If anybody has any reference yeah. to the dead space game, very very like that that seems like a very similar style of movement. Right. And, and the humanoid like that. that's been kind of stretched out like stretched. the body has been stretched and then it's got weird arms yeah. and legs. Yeah, right, right, right. Ooh, um, so, gosh. yeah, these things are I, I, I think these are a really good enemy. And I actually hope they don't leave it as just kind of a like one off enemy uh, since this is the first one we've or the first time we've ever really encountered them. I mm-hmm. feel like these enemies specifically have a lot of potential that could work pretty well with the rest of the series, especially we don't deal with vermina as much as many of the other data princes i think i think the next elder scrolls game is a wonderful opportunity to pull some yeah. of the danger princes that we don't get as yeah, often tackle some of the, yeah. the lesser involved ones yes and then with yep. creatures like this that we haven't seen so that it feels like oh uh, we're fighting imps again okay we're fighting imps okay we're fighting you know like we're right, fighting dramora sure. again we're fighting dramora like whatever like pull in some of these creatures that were like designed for eso but now upgrade them for like mainline right. elder scrolls let them have some legs because this thing has plenty of them. <laughs> Give them some legs because this one <laughs> yeah all right well that's on that note we're wrapping up this episode uh thank you for being here and and i hope you're still enjoying these creature episodes we've still got a few more still to get yeah, through we're getting, we're getting we're getting there we're getting closer to the end but we've still got a decent amount because spoilers the beast area in this game just in the daedric realm is 
absolutely enormous yeah it's pretty big uh so that's part of why we're also grouping them into like groups of four and kind of yeah you know. yeah we'd never finish if we did the one at a time yeah but all those episodes yeah. would also be like comically short at that point or <laughs> or we'd have to dig into like more details about like oh they're in this dungeon and this is what you do in the dungeon yeah, but that's that feels more like a specific episode about a dungeon I, <laughs> so sure yeah we don't we do don't that. need to read you well that's the that's the thing you know you can certainly read the wiki yourself we're trying to give an overview of it uh, with the information yeah. from the wikis so. and some insight, um, the things that don't get noted there like, oh, yeah, right, they were also sure. showed I up mean, here or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like um, that. That's why it's like I, I've I've had fun going into some of these because some of these things I actually didn't realize how much was involved with a few of them that are kind of just I considered a little more throwaway enemies or I didn't really put much thought into it, actually. Sort of yeah. like the Guardians we just went over when I was looking up the stuff for this one. I was like, oh, yeah, actually, we do only fight two of these things. And I yeah. guess there's more yeah. reason that they look sort of like Aurorans than I realized. Like, <laughs> all right, fair. It's so yeah. easy to just play through ESO and just be like, all right, more bad guys, just fight these. Yeah. More more well, bad guys. These ones fly. Let's fight them. These ones yeah. are creepier. Let's kill them. You know, like. Exactly. Without In actually 12,000 of content. I mean, sometimes you can get a little overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> True. Good. All right, Lotus. Well, let's wrap it up. You got anything else you want to share before we head out? Um, so we just actually uh, got a new episode of Tales. We'll be having another one, uh, hopefully this weekend, pretty soon, where we will be actually having uh, Dave join us, the founder of the UESP, once again, uh, to kind of do our year wrap up from the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. We like to give a review for everybody and uh, kind of give an update going into the new year as we're starting to wind down toward the end of 2023. However, the other reason, um, which we will announce, uh, I can announce here now, we just announced it on Tales, is um, we've kind of got our Extra Life weekend nailed down for the most part. Yeah. Um, when we'll be doing it that weekend. And then basically between me, you and Ark, we're just going to try to keep things live as much as possible so people can hang out with us. Right. First weekend of December, right? It is the first weekend of December. So December 2nd and 3rd, um, we will be going live. I have booked myself starting uh, Eastern Standard Time. I specifically have my chunk of time uh, from 6 a.m. Um, uh, Eastern time until 2 a.m. the following morning. Oh, my God. Uh, so that will <laughs> be a 20-hour uh, stream for me uh, where we will be raising money for uh, Extra Life and the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So it all goes to a great cause. Um, we are going to be having some fun prizes. We're still actually finding out information on more stuff to give away, but we will be giving away um, now that gifting is re-enabled, we will be giving away uh, Crown Crate packs because we can gift. Like <laughs> That works again. Yeah. Um, and Ark was saying he's got tons of crowns, so he's like, hey, let's gift stuff. So we're going to work on on a method for giving those out. Um, I actually have, I believe, uh, well, I've got at least one $100 gift card to the Bethesda Gear Store that we're going to give away at a milestone. Um, we're working on some codes. We are uh, the the big thing, which Dave will have details on in this episode of uh, Tales of Tamriel, will be much like last year as a as a huge thanks from the UESP on you know all the support you give. Um, We'll be giving away Patreon tier rewards as we hit milestones of uh, money raised for the charity as well, which last year, some of these prizes, if you've never looked at the UESP Patreon as well, uh, some of the prizes are real cool. Like I love our shirts and stuff like that. They do a good thing too. like so, some of the some of the tier rewards we 
less me i'm not creative in this regard mm -hmm. you and dave <laughs> uh, are really good at coming up with some of this stuff so we've got some uh some of those to give away as well and uh, we'll just kind of keep filling stuff out as we go but it should be a really really fun time even if you can't donate uh which is totally understandable come hang out with us um it, yeah you'd be surprised how much it helps keep us awake and by bumping <laughs> right, our numbers right. <laughs> up normally you know I, I always joke that i don't really care about numbers as long as people are enjoying themselves um the more people watch this the more likely it is to have somebody stumble in and try to like also help a good cause so right it's all really it's all for time. raising money like this is exactly. this is a lot of work and you know yeah it's fun to play games but it's it's all about raising money for a good cause yes and yeah. i always joke that it's super fun to play games until you hit uh 16 straight hours of playing games and then spoiler alert uh people like watching my struggle busing when i play some of the classic elder scrolls games mm -hmm. it gets way more tragic in whatever i'm playing uh once i pass hour 16 in a marathon uh the tragedy level goes real high as my skill goes real down Oof, yeah I'm, I'm, maybe i'll try some uh skyrim vr I don't know how long I can do that before I start feeling sick, but maybe that'll be entertaining too. We'll find yeah, out. So we'll, we'll keep you guys updated um, as we uh, fill it out. But yes, yeah. check it out. December 2nd, we'll be kicking things off and that weekend will just be fun and Elder Scrolls games for a great cause. Yeah, make sure you're following us either on the Discord, on our what used to be Twitter accounts, <laughs> on, yeah. uh, or on um, our actual Twitch stream. So Lotus of Doom on Twitch, Robots yep. Radio on Twitch. Uh, all of those are great places to be if you want to make sure you don't miss out on any of that yep. stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted. It's still a few weeks we'll, away. So Exactly. We got yeah. some time. We figured now it's good to start letting people know so that the odds that people can hear about it you know that's that's uh that's the best way we can do to advertise and get eyes on it because this is uh this will actually be my 11th year doing extra that's life crazy that's so cool that's so cool wild to yeah. think about that's awesome um well good. i'm glad i can i can be a part of yeah, it this no, year i'm so um, glad to have you I'm, join like it'll I'm, be fun i've been playing with some skyrim mods there are some mods that allow you to pick <laughs> people up and stuff i've talked about this before you pick people up and you can move them around i'm wondering if you can <laughs> Go with me here. Maybe I'll discover this on stream. I'm wondering if you can pick up children and wield them as weapons. I I totally bet you like, can. Is it possible to beat Skyrim by you beating everybody up wielding I, children? I was gonna say literally weapon? use the cause to save Tamriel. <laughs> yeah, like it's okay, little Billy. We're going. We're taking out. <laughs> big bad monsters i'm just well, gonna swing you around yeah i know right they're invincible so they don't actually get hurt but i would assume that the the like the physics to that would do damage from like fall damage yeah so i've looked into damage. it there are some mods and you can adjust some of the settings for like impact damage and things like that so amazing it might be possible I'm not 100% sure, but it might be possible to beat everyone up by just flailing somebody around. Now, do Literally they despawn when you go through, like, uh, you know, the entrance to a dungeon or something? Maybe. So maybe that's impossible. Or, but maybe you just pick up other enemies and just hit enemies with right, other enemies. Right, swinging enemies around. <laughs> it might be amazing. The so, physics in these games are great. We'll have to find out. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, of course, you can follow my stuff, robotsradio.net, for all the different lore cast shows I do, a bunch of Bethesda shows, like, you know, this show, uh, fallout starfield uh, the lord of the rings lorecast mass effect lorecast uh, a bunch of us other stuff you can get from other creators and all sorts of things so thank you for being here um 
And <laughs> uh, I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. If we don't, if you don't hear from us before then, we're going to try and squeeze in an episode next week. Yeah, sometime. we'll see if we can get it out before Thanksgiving as opposed to right after Thanksgiving. But yeah, we should have something next week. Well, hopefully it'll just be before Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you know, maybe well, we'll just do American a funny Thanksgiving, a funny little show about nothing. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, <laughs> I thanks know, for being no, here. I don't, uh, maybe I'm missing that, but I don't think there's a Thanksgiving based holiday in other countries in tamriel oh in tamriel yeah, yeah. No, i don't think so no because i know canadian thanksgiving happens in like october or something, yeah it's earlier it's earlier yeah. and then not like, a universal other thing. countries will have like uh like fall festival type right events yeah, the harvest like or something harvest. like that yeah things like that but all right well <laughs> we gotta go Either thanks way. thanks for being here, everybody have a wonderful yeah. rest of your week stay safe out there and if you see big daedric monsters uh hit them with children all right <laughs> bye everyone Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time